This is Build Your Difference, a podcast created by Blue Artists, a brand platform with one goal, to help great visionaries like you build impressive brands. Every month, we'll bring you insightful tips, knowledge, and compelling stories from successful entrepreneurs and the Blue Artists team on how to create and market a winning brand that does more than just launch a new product or service. It starts an ongoing conversation because you're not just making a brand, you're making a difference. Let's start building. My name is Pierre Walters and I work directly with visionaries just like you to help build successful businesses and memorable brands. You know, growing your business is tough work and it often comes with a lot of uncertainty. So today, I wanna talk about the 12 steps that every entrepreneur should take to put their new business idea into motion. I discovered these steps by reading Agile Innovation by Francesc Guell, and I was astonished at how on point they are, so I'm sharing them today with you. But before we get started, just who is Francesc Guell? Well, Mr. Guell, was the CEO and director of several foreign specialty chemicals and pharmaceutical firms over the previous decade. He has worked with international consulting groups in recent years and assisted businesses on such issues as innovation and agile innovation processes, operational excellence, knowledge management, change management, strategy, and integrated business management. He was also an MBA student at ESADE e -E, Business School in Barcelona, where he earned a degree in chemical engineering and a master's degree in knowledge management and business administration. He's the author of articles, lectures, and courses on innovation throughout strategic management, integrated business models, knowledge management, performance measurement, change management, and excellence in business processes. His website, fguel.com, is a powerful resource for any new or experienced entrepreneur. And when you decide to become an entrepreneur, you're embarking on a journey that will take you to places that you've never been before. It's scary and it's full of self-doubt, but it's also full of achievement. And these 12 steps will help you navigate the waters and come out on the other side a success. We start with step one, defining your idea. But what is a good business idea? Well, according to Guell, it's recognizing the intersection of external needs with your own inherent abilities. It's how we link our skills, experiences, and passions with the needs of the marketplace. In simple terms, it's what we're good at that people are willing to pay for. So to validate your idea, you need to do a bit of research. This is where you take your idea and validate it in the marketplace. You need to understand your target market, your competition, and what your customers are really looking for. This step is critical because it's easy to get caught up in our own assumptions about what people want and what people need, but until we do the research, we won't truly really know. Now, to represent your idea, try creating a simple model or prototype. 
This will help you communicate your idea to others, and it will also help you to get the kind of feedback that you can use to improve on it. A model doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. It just needs to be something that can be used to explain your concept. And once you've got a business idea or a concept that can be communicated easily to others, you can then move on to step two. Step two is defining the voice of the client. Now, as Guelph puts it, it matters little what you invent. What matters is what your customers expect. And to do that, you gotta ask yourself the following questions. Number one, who are the customers who will actually need my service? Where are they located? And what is the problem that I'm solving for them? To understand the voice of your customer, get to the heart of what their expectations are. Consider their explicit and implicit needs and expectations of you. Test what you've learned by asking potential customers. You can do that through surveys, through samples, through interviews. But once you've got a clear understanding of your customer's voice, then you can move on to step three, defining your vision and strategy. Now, this is where you take what you've learned about your customer and craft a vision for your business that meets their needs. To do this, you want to answer the following questions. What does the customer really want? What are their unmet needs? And how can I delight them? What does success for my business look like in the next couple of years? When thinking through your strategy, consider where you are on day one and where you want to be on day 700, which is a couple of years later, okay? <laughs> now, what steps do you need to take to get from where you are today to your vision of the future? With this in mind, you can then move on to step four, the customer value proposition. Learning how to create value from the beginning and with a clear customer value proposition is the crux of any business strategy. And at its core, a customer value proposition is a simple statement that answers the following question. Why should I do business with you? It's how you explain what makes your business unique and why someone should buy from you. Now, there are four key components to creating a great customer value proposition. The first is identifying the problem that you're solving for your customer. The second, explaining how you solve that problem better than anyone else. The third, Describe the results that your customer can expect. And the fourth, offer evidence to support your claims. After you've created your customer value proposition, the next step is to validate it with your target market. And this is where you take your CVU, your customer value proposition, and put it to the test. Now there are a few different ways that you could do this. Way number one is you could create a landing page, a website that drives traffic to your service. You could run ads 
targeting your target market. You can get involved in online forums and communities related to your industry. After you've validated your customer value proposition, the next step, step five, is to create a forecast. And almost like a weather forecast, you want to set projections and goals for your business growth. And to do this, you want to answer the following questions. How much money do I need to get started? <laughs> that is a good question. How long will it take me to start seeing results? And you want to be realistic with that. What are my long-term goals for this business? Think about where you want to see the business in five years and 10 years. And what are some potential obstacles that could trip me up? It's important that you're realistic in your forecasting, that you try to think through where those obstacles are. You want to make sure that you're setting achievable goals that you can actually reach. And once you've done all of this, it's time to move on to step six, establishing a formal beginning. This is where you'll want to take all of the groundwork that you've done and establish some kind of formal structure for your business. This includes things like registering your business with the government, creating a business bank account, applying for any necessary permits or licenses, and setting up your business website. Now I know, I know that it can feel like a lot, but it's important to get all of this done before you move on to step seven, which we'll discuss after the break. Building your business can be and should be exciting. In fact, you don't have to be perfect. You just need to be dedicated to your own success. Stick with us, we'll be right back. My name is Pierre Walters and in this episode, we're discussing the 12 steps of entrepreneurship. Now so far, we've covered a lot of important ground from coming up with your business idea to putting together a customer value proposition. Now, it's time to move on to step seven, which is all about taking action and making things happen using numbers on paper. This is the financing stage, where you'll use a balance sheet to determine your potential startup costs. Your balance sheet will list all of your business assets, including things like cash, equipment, and inventory. It will also list your liabilities, which are anything that you owe, like loans or credit card debt. Once you have a clear understanding of what you need to get started, the next step is to find the money to finance your business. And this can come from a variety of sources, including personal savings, loans from family and friends, or even venture capitalists. The important thing is that you have a solid plan for how you're going to spend the money that you raise. And this leads us nicely into step eight, creating a lean business model. You see, you wanna be a lean startup because it's important to be efficient with your resources. This means creating a business model that allows you to get your product or your service to your market quickly and without spending a lot of money. 
there are a few very different ways that you can do this, but one popular method is called the minimum viable product. Have you heard that term, minimum viable product? Well, it's the version of your product or service that has the bare minimum number of features. If you've ever used a social media network, uh, many times when they first launch, they launch as a minimum viable product. They launch with the fewest amount of features. Typically, if you download an app from the App Store on your phone or on your computer, uh, if, it's, if, if that app is just recently launched, then they're in that same stage, that minimum viable product stage, where they're launching it just to get those initial users. And you know, in, in this uh, software age where you're constantly getting updates on your phone, updates for the apps that you're using, updates for your social media networks, those updates are the culmination of those businesses adding more features and expanding and uh, fulfilling the promise of their business or of their service. So when they launch, it's often that minimum viable product, but as they continue to grow the product and release updates, they're expanding and, and building it out to really what the full vision is. And you can do that too with your business because this allows you to get your product out there quickly and to start collecting feedback from customers. And you can use that feedback to improve your product or service before releasing a fully fledged version. Now, the minimum viable product is just one example of how you can be lean in your business model. There are other ways to do it as well, but we'll save that for another day. For now, let's move on to step nine, which is called agile innovation. Whew, agile innovation, what does that mean? Well, it's all about being flexible and adaptive to your approach to business. This is a, a critical skill because you know, when, when, when you launch your business and when you begin serving customers, you'll find that not everything goes according to plan. I mean, we may have mapped out our business plan, we may have set our roadmap, we may have done our forecasting and our budgeting on paper with our vision and our strategy, but you know what? Things don't always, things don't always play out the way we want them to, just to be quite frank. And you know what, sometimes they even say, when you plan, and you plan well, you're planning to make those changes, okay? It's, it's like you're, 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 you're walking in with a plan that this is what I'm gonna do, this is how things are gonna play out, but I'm gonna be adaptable, I'm gonna be agile, because guess what, when something happens that isn't quite what I've predicted, I wanna be ready to pivot, I wanna be ready to go with the flow, make subtle changes quickly and efficiently to keep moving. You gotta remember that the world of business is constantly changing. So you need to be able to change with it. And this means being open to new ideas and willing to experiment. It also means being able to pivot quickly when necessary. Pivoting is when you make a major change in your business strategy in response to feedback or new information. For example, let's say you're starting a new online business selling pet supplies. And after doing some market research, you realize that there's already a lot of competition in this space. Now, you might decide 
to pivot and instead focus on selling pet supplies to a niche market, like say dog owners who live in urban areas. This would be a major change in your business strategy, but it could be the difference between success and failure. Now, of course, pivoting isn't always easy, and it's not something you should do lightly, and you definitely shouldn't do it all the time. You wanna look for those real strategic moments when it makes sense to pivot. But if you're willing to embrace change and experiment, you'll be well on your way to success. That, that brings us to the next step in our journey, step 10, which is called design. Now, how can you use design to improve your customer's experience? Well, you gotta think about the design of your website, your product, or even your business card. All of these things should be designed with your customer in mind. Your goal is to make it as easy as possible for them to do business with you. Successful design plays a direct role in fundamentally increasing business opportunities with your customers. And with increased business comes a need for systems and processes to help your business run smoothly as it scales. So, step 11 is all about basic processes. As your business grows, you'll need to put systems and processes in place to help it run smoothly. This includes things like setting up basic accounting and bookkeeping systems, creating customer service protocols, and establishing employee onboarding and training procedures. Putting these systems in place may not be the most exciting part of starting a business, but it is absolutely essential. Think about it this way. If you start an online business, and let's say you're selling those pet supplies, and maybe for the first couple of months of running your business, you're, you're getting you know maybe a, 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 a one customer, two customers, maybe a dozen customers, maybe 20 customers coming to your website and purchasing your product. What happens when overnight that marketing that you've been working on, what happens when overnight that marketing hits a nerve and suddenly your online traffic goes from 20 customers to 120 customers or from 20 customers to 2,000 customers overnight. Do you have the systems and processes in place so that that can be a smooth transition? If you're in the background receiving all these orders and personally packaging all those pet supplies and sending them out to in each individual customer and doing that all personally, driving those packages to the post office one at a time and shipping them out. I mean, that's a, you're gonna have a, a lot on your, on your plate when you go from 20 to 2,000 customers overnight. It's almost impossible for you to be able to fulfill every single one of those 2,000 orders in a timely fashion. And that's why you want to prepare for that eventuality by implementing basic processes and systems to automate those procedures so that automatically, if you have those 20 customers, their orders are being fulfilled. And if that should grow to 2,000 overnight, every single one of those 2,000 orders are fulfilled just as quickly, just as efficiently, and without any sweat off your back. Now, last but not least, we come to step 12, which is all about organization. 
But what does Gell mean when he says organization in this context? Well, at this stage, he's describing an organization that is designed to transmit values and habits that result in best practices. Why is this important? Well, this is important because it sets the stage from day one that your business will be designed for growth, for scale, and for meaningful impact in your unique field. When you start with the end in mind, it's much easier to make decisions along the way that will help you get there. And what I love about Gell's 12 steps of entrepreneurship is that they can be applied to any business, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in business for years, these steps will help you to get organized and to set you up for success. It's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day of running a business and forget about the bigger picture. But the bigger picture is important because it will help you to make those long-term decisions that align with your goals. And it's also what will help other external supporters grab hold of your vision and commit resources to support your growth. Now, you may be wondering, what's next? Well, the answer is up to you. Remember, you don't have to have the answer on day one, and you don't need to do everything all at once. The most important thing is that you get started and to keep moving forward. The 12 steps of entrepreneurship are a great framework. They're a great framework because they can help you to do just that. But in my own personal journey, I can tell you, <laughs> I have made numerous mistakes along the way. I've started businesses that have failed, and I've also had a lot of success. And the most important thing that I've learned is that it's okay to make mistakes. What's not okay is to give up. So whatever you do, don't give up on your dreams. Keep moving forward one step at a time and you'll get there. Mistakes will happen along the way. That's totally normal. But what counts is how you handle them and what you learn from them. You gotta reframe the role of an entrepreneur, not as the smartest person in the room, but instead as the most resourceful. Being resourceful means having the ability to see problems as opportunities and to find creative solutions even when others say it can't be done. It's this resourcefulness that will help you succeed in spite of all of the challenges that you'll face along the way. It also means having the courage to keep going even when you want to give up. The best way to be resourceful is to start from the beginning with a small team of your most trusted supporters, your own inner circle of trust, which is filled with people who can contribute insight that covers your blind spots. And you're gonna have blind spots. Your own inner circle can also help you to simplify your own responsibilities. This is what entrepreneur Francesc Guell says 
and calls the 12 steps of entrepreneurship. And these are the steps that I've used in my own business to create significant growth and impact. And I'm still using them because I'm not all the way there. I'm not yet at where I would like to be. There's still a roadmap ahead, but these steps help to keep me focused and to help keep me moving in the right direction. I know, I know that they'll do the same for you. So there you have it, the 12 steps of entrepreneurship according to entrepreneur Francesca Guell. I encourage you to take some time to really think about each step and how you can apply it to your own business. And if you need more information, don't hesitate to reach out to me or my team. We're here to help you succeed at every step along the way. But before we close, I want to leave you with this story. It's about a man named Bill Gates. Now, who is Bill Gates, you might ask? Well, <laughs> he's the co-founder of Microsoft, and you probably are using a Microsoft product if you're on any computer. He's one of the richest men in the world. But before all that, he was just a kid with a big dream. When he was 13 years old, he wrote a letter to his parents asking for permission to drop out of school so he could start his own computer company. Now, fortunately for us, his parents didn't listen to him and they ended up finishing school. But, <laughs> you know, he went on to college and then he dropped out. And when he did, he formed Microsoft. Now, Bill did move from success to success. He had some failures too, like the, like the time Microsoft lost a major contract to IBM, which almost bankrupted the company. What saved Microsoft was Bill's resourcefulness. He turned that failure into an opportunity by creating a new software product that ended up being even more successful than the one they'd originally lost to IBM. That product was MS-DOS, and it went on to become the operating system for millions of personal computers. And did you know that one of Bill's greatest fears was public speaking? He was so scared of public speaking that he would often throw up before giving a speech. But he didn't let that stop him. He faced his fear head on and became a very successful public speaker. You don't need to have all the answers. You just need to be resourceful and willing to face your fears. Recently, Bill Gates was asked what he would do if he were to start all over again. His answer was simple, and it's something we can all learn from. He said, I would look for problems wherever they exist and try to solve them. So that's what I want you to do. Look for problems wherever they exist and try to solve them. And when you find a problem that you're passionate about solving, don't be afraid to put everything that you have into it. That's how great businesses are started. Thanks for listening to this episode of Build Your Difference. If you'd like to learn more about how Blue Artists can help you develop a distinguished brand that inspires and engages a growing audience, then please visit us at www.blue-artist.com and be sure and subscribe to our monthly podcast for the latest tips and trends in brand development and marketing. And remember, you're not just making a brand, you're making a difference. Start building yours today 